And all that we can say is, amen. Please be seated. It's kind of the Monday after all the inauguration activities. So first of all, thanks be to God for our newly inaugurated president, Dr. Thomas. But to think about for this morning, if you were Concordia's president for a day, what is the first thing you would do? Please talk with people around you and figure out what that would be. All right, now that you've got, uh, well, more than one thing maybe you've got, uh, email all those to michael.thomas at cui.edu. No. Uh, one announcement, uh, this Thursday will be the Great Commission Showcase poster session right after chapel, right down there in the breezeway, so please uh, plan to stop by after chapel on Thursday and look at that great academic work and ask some questions. We're going to do a three-week series starting today with Does the Bible Really Say? And uh, my question, does the Bible really say you have to obey to be saved? So to define that term obey, we got the official Oxford English Dictionaries, and, and here's what it says. In English, obey is to do what is commanded by a person, to submit to the rule or authority of, to comply with, perform a command, to act in accordance with a principle or authority. So, do you have to obey, defined as such in English, to be saved? Well, it sort of sounds like it. If you read Hebrews 5, verse 8, although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. I'm using the English Standard Version there, but almost all modern translations translate that same phrase with obey. It also sounds like it in 1 Peter chapter 1, having purified your souls. How? You need a pure soul. You need to be holy to stand before God. How do I get that pure soul? By your obedience to the truth. So if you have that, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Romans 10 even seems to say obedience and faith are kind of the same thing. To obey is to believe, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, a parallel statement, Lord who has believed what he has heard from us. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe a troubling thing for a Monday morning. Maybe some red flags are going off or sirens are sounding. Or can't we even get the big question about eternal life and salvation right in Scripture? So, the moral of today's story is sort of if you're reading along in an English Bible and things start to not make so much sense, hmm, what should trouble you at this point is, I've heard other passages which kind of don't say anything about obeying for salvation. They just talk like Galatians 2. A person is not righteous or justified by works, but through faith and by works, obeying commands, no one is righteous. Ephesians 2, by grace you have been saved through faith. It's a gift of God. It's not by works, not by doing, so no one can boast. Hmm. When I run across things like this in English, they trouble me. So what, what should we do? Well, the first thing to realize is you're reading translation. And there's the Italian proverb, all translators are liars. But we could at least say 
Every translation is an interpretation, and language is complicated, so it's very hard to put in one language and to replicate exactly what another language uh, says. So you all have the opportunity to learn Greek and Hebrew because usually when things like this happen, the original languages of Scripture help. But if you're troubled and you don't yet have that awesome uh, opportunity down, uh, come to Christ College. There's lots of uh, Greek and Hebrew equipped people there that can help you if something's troubling you as you read uh, your Bible in English. I was once introduced as, here's Dr. Mike Middendorf. He's a Greek nerd, but in a nice sort of way. I was like, I don't know. Anyway, come, come check out us Greek nerds. They usually help. So the words translated obey in most English Bibles, of course, come from Hebrew and Greek. And Hebrew underlying the word is Shema. And you may have heard of the great Shema, which isn't obey Israel, the Lord our God. It's hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The King James Version had a great way of translating this. Hearken to. See here? Hearken to. In Greek, the word often translated obey is there, heap akuo. So you have acoustics, acoustical, has to do not with doing, but with hearing, just like shema. And although it's not a biblical language, Latin took that word, shema, listen, heap akuo, hear under, and translated with ab audio, as in audio, visual, Again, about hearing, obedience comes from abaudio, which involves hearing. Now, the Latin Vulgate translation is also a translation, just like your English Bibles. So, uh, Luther in the Reformation went back to the original Hebrew Greek, found three very troubling mistranslations in the Vulgate, but that's another chapel. Let's get back to our do you have to obey to be saved? Basically, I would say in the Bible, the words you often get as obey in English mean to listen, to hear, and then respond appropriately. So if it's a commandment from God or Jesus, then yes, obey, do as he says. You will worship the Lord your God. Honor your father and mother. There's obeying, there's doing there, right? Or not doing, no other gods, no murdering, no stealing, no coveting, and so on. But in the passages I gave you, if you're hearing a word of God's grace and promise to shama, to heap akuo that, is just to receive and believe what you hear. So let's go back to our passages and just listen to this. Although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who... Heap akuo, who hear and believe in him. And I want you to open your Bibles here for just a moment. First Peter chapter 1. It's page 1014 in the Pew Bibles. Another thing that will help, maybe just not a troubling word, but to read the verse in context. And page 1014, if you find First Peter chapter 1, what comes right before that passage about obedience that I read to you earlier. And this is uh, great stuff here. So let's start at 1 Peter 1, verse 18 to 21. 
and let's all read these beautiful words of grace together. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. That's the context right beforehand about a pure and holy lamb who was sacrificed to make us pure, and after you've heard that, then you go on and respond with, let's read together on the screen, having purified your souls by hearing and believing the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. You just heard how your heart is made pure, how your soul is ready and cleansed by the blood of Jesus to stand before God. That's what this word means. And even in Romans 10, if we go back there, but they haven't all listened responsively to the gospel. The gospel is all God, all grace, all gift. It's none of our doing, but you listen responsively to it. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us, faith comes by hearing, hearing's passive, Hearing what? Hearing that word of Christ. So how do you obey John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Just listen and receive the grace. A few weeks ago we talked about the ten words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. How do you obey that? You just say thank you. That's pretty awesome. And even with our theme verse over here, how do we listen responsively to that? Well, Ephesians 5.8 starts with, once you were darkness, so it's Monday morning, give out a good groan. That's the appropriate response. But now you are light in the Lord, so simply believe and bask in the greatness of Jesus, the light of the world who has shined into your heart and life. Then the third part, Walk as children of light. Now, there's some obeying to do there, right? So, works work. When I'm living as a child of the light, doing good works, what are they? Read Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. And they're laid out wonderfully for you in those chapters, how you obey walking as a child of the light in response to the light of Jesus in your life. So in closing, I just want to go back to the great words of our opening song, which I think illustrate this so very well. Remember singing these words? God has given us a new name as his sons and daughters. He's taken, oh, this is so good. Just read this together with me. God has given us a new name as his sons and daughters, taken our shame, given us the gift of holiness, a new hope, and an anchor for the soul. Jesus' truth shines and prevail in the darkest night. We are loved and belong to him. Great words by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And when you hear those words together 
and all that we can say is amen. And interestingly enough, amen is the Hebrew word for faith, for believing, for receiving the grace of God in Christ. And so when you pray amen, you're saying, I'm praying in faith that God hears my prayers, that he will listen and respond appropriately as we do the same with his word. So together, let's read the next part. Amen. Your word is true. Amen. We trust in you. So listen. Listen, God is calling. Through his word inviting. Offering forgiveness. Comfort and joy. Listen. Listen, God is calling. Through his word inviting. Offering forgiveness comfort and joy when that's the message just receive it just believe it and then pray lord keep us steadfast in your word and all that we can say is amen thanks for coming have a great day